Thank you for tuning in to the Wilderness Tamer podcast. This week's mini-sode, titled Testing Your Metal. Now, I'm going to do things a little different, henceforth. I'm going to shout out my sponsors in the beginning of the podcast for two reasons. One, y'all are listening and paying attention. And two, it gives a little more talking on the back end, so that way if I'm making a point or if someone else is in another episode, they can and it won't cut it off. So, I'm going to go ahead and start it. I want to shout out the newest sponsor to the Wilderness Tamer team, and that's Dry Pocket Apparel. These guys are the future of swimwear. They come with an integrated dry pocket with a magnetic strip that allows you to go 100 feet down if you can make it that far. That keeps your phone dry as a bone. So go check them out on Facebook and Instagram. And for 25% off your order, especially for spring rolling around, you guys and women, they have women clothing as well, and y'all need to check them out. Use all caps wilderness for 25% off your order. So speaking of spring, I want to shout out my second sponsor, Nomad Outdoors. They have great clothing and camo options to keep you out all day chasing those thunder chickens coming up this spring. So go check them out on Facebook and Instagram. They run some pretty good deals and they have old school and new school camouflage. So whatever flavor you like, they have it. Now, my third sponsor is Strive Beef Biltong. They are premium cuts of air-dried steak sliced thin with mouth-watering flavors that are keto-friendly with 14 to 16 grams of protein per serving. They're a great lightweight addition in the pack while you're out there taming your wilderness. Now, my fourth sponsor is City Bonfires. Just like Ancient Caveman, I was able to carry fire with me, up, which I'll get into here in a little bit, and along a snowy trout creek. I ain't going to say where, just to give a little more anticipation. But it's a soybean wax canister that you can light, and it literally kept my fingers from freezing off. When I wasn't fishing, I was able to, when I took a break, I could actually warm my hands up over an actual fire, and it made the difference. Little hand warmers did not help. It's nice to know that you have something like that that packs a punch out there when it's snowing, kind of almost sleeting, that it'll keep burning for you. So go check them out on Facebook and Instagram. I want to give a huge thank you to all of my sponsors for the support of the podcast. Looking forward to what the future holds. Now, let me get into my glorious weekend I had up at Cooper, Cooper Creek, or just on the bottom of the Blue Ridge Smoky Mountains. And you want to talk about a trip to test your metal, hence the title. Now, I want to say these trips just to give you all a little backstory. It started with me and my brother when he got back from Afghanistan. He was a Ford observer in the Army, and him and the two of his friends were planning a camping trip at Grassy Mountain near Rocky Face, Georgia. So we went out there and just did a short weekend trip, and uh, it was pretty cool. Have fun. It was caught some little creek chubs and little what I call a little mountain brim. For those of y'all that know, they have a real pretty turquoise coloring and striping on their side. And I tell you what, the next morning we were leaving to walk out, we had a hell of an alarm clock. It's something that we always talk about. A tree had fallen about 75 yards from our camp. We were all in hammocks, you know, just hanging. And just all of us, nice. All you hear is the creek going, you hear... And they just, this sound like the whole forest was coming apart. So that got us all up and going and we got up out of there, which wasn't a bad walk in. It was pretty much downhill in the va- to the valley the whole time. But the walk out sucked and all them guys were pretty much in shape still. So they pretty much scooted on up the hill without me, 
which I wasn't too far behind them. I'll bring up the rear. <laughs> but that was the first trip. So about, I'd say another four, five, maybe six months passes by, and we plant another one on Grassy Mountain just because it's somewhere familiar with my brother and them go fish a lot. Because I got, a, my brother lives up in North Georgia, and my, I got two cousins up there. My dad's side of the family is mainly from around that area. And so we went up there and went on the other spot on the other side of the mountain to where we were last time, and it was fun. But it was plagued by copperheads, and I mean to the fact of which you couldn't even go to the creek without somewhat second-guessing yourself every time you took a step. Because they would be coiled up, and I not to be grotesque, but it would be no bigger than a pile of dog crap. And you'd barely see it, a gray snake on this rock that was already grayed out too. And the biggest one we saw, and it had to be at least two feet. It was literally 15 yards from our campsite. We had all our backpacks hung up with hooks on 550 cord. I should have took more video of that back in the day, but that was the trip that the Wilderness Tamer podcast was born. That I had that idea, that fruition come to my head about the name. I don't know where it come from. I don't even. It's crazy to think where ideas come from in the beginning. So that trip to me will always be a special part in my life because this is what that's where it started for me even though i knew i wanted one but the more i got to thinking about it we were just sitting by the creek and i just kept tossing around names and spent just bouncing them off of people and then i said it and everybody was like yeah so getting on with it we did that trip and it was fun now that one was a pretty intense trip as well it was a, not as bad pack in his probably as a crow flies maybe a thousand yards from the car which in the mountains for those of you that know a thousand yards is a long ways up in the old North Georgia hills. So that trip, we ended up having to help this lady who pretty much snapped her ankle down at this waterfall that we were camping about 300, eh, I'd say 300, a little bit further than that. I'd say about a good 500 yards up from this beautiful waterfall. Well, her husband, he was already about spent. He was a bigger, heftier fella. He was bigger and he was short. So... We he, we could tell that when we said, hey, do y'all need any help? And they looked at us and they're like, well, kind of, yeah. Because we weren't that far from the truck, but we were far enough that they both would have been spent. And she probably, him or he, him or she, I mean, probably would have got further injury because it got to a little billy goat trail where if you slip, there's nothing to stop you but a tree trunk. And it was pretty intense. So we lay her down and put her in the Eno hammock. And luckily, all four of us grab a corner on each side, and we so we kick it in four low, and we strike up the mountain, and we get them to the parking lot, and they get in their car and they head out. So, but and we by the time we get back, we're all spent from carrying her up the hill because it was it was pretty hefty. All of us were pretty worn out at the end of it, and we saw a black bear that trip. So it was definitely had some highlights. Now, this most recent trip I was on. Went, I went to Cooper Creek, which is just out of L, just 30 minutes out of LJ, I think. And about, no, 30 minutes out of LJ, 20 minutes out of Suchus, Georgia. Now, just a little tidbit, star of information here. I don't know which mapping app y'all use for your directions to go on your vacations, trips, hunting, whatever. Be wary of the address that the website gives you because it sent, I was following my dad and brother-in-law, the same excuse, <laughs> and it took us to some 
retail uh, realtor agency in Blue Ridge, and then some other like podunk barbecue joint, which wasn't bad. We thought about eating there, but the more we thought about it, we're like, no, we need to get to camp because we were already about two hours late to where we were actually supposed to be there and already fishing. So just be wary of that. But once we figured it out, there's really no other way we could get lost. Like my brother's app, it took him right to it. And he said he used Google. So I would suggest Google Maps. That's what I use as well. I've never had a problem with it. I don't know what my dad was doing using. He had an iPhone. That's probably the problem. Android for life. So, but we go up there fishing. We set up camp. And I had fingers crossed the whole time that it was going to snow on us. And, uh. The first day we get up there and we set up camp and we all put on our waders because I bought me a brand new Frog Tog Hellbenders. And man, these things are nice. They're the breathable. They have the ones with the neoprene booties, but I bought the ones with the already made in cleated rubber boot. Just because I'm mainly from the down south and I do fish in the springtime as well, but I didn't want neoprene because one, I'm not a duck hunter, first off. And it just, I've always, and you can always, you always need a good set of waders no matter if you're an outdoorsman. So I really love them. I'll do a gear review on those. Even in the cold, I just had jeans on and I was actually fine. Yes, it would have been a long day, but I was trout fishing with a fly rod. And that's another thing. I didn't take a spinner or a button rod up there with me. I'm trying to, just as this turkey season, which I'm putting a vow now, I stuck to my fly rod the whole time just because of the tradition and the art. And surprisingly, it's been about six, seven years, I'd say, before, be, since I've touched my fly rod because growing up dating and even through high school, me and my girlfriend and wife now, who is the wife now, well, we always go to the mountains because I was fortunate enough that my grandparents had a cabin in North Carolina. And plus, my dad, he taught, he was self-taught fly rod fisherman when he did, went to Alaska, stationed there in the Air Force. So I grew up, I was lucky to have someone to teach me enough to where I know what I'm doing. I have caught some pretty decent fish on a fly rod, and I want to get into it more. I just, I don't know, I just hadn't donated the time to it, but I'm really going to start. And as well as this turkey season, I'm going to be hunting with a traditional bow only, just because, for one, I feel at heart I'm an archer. I, I like rifle hunting, don't get me wrong. I like shooting an old bang stick and smelling that gunpowder. But just something about the art, and the peacefulness of an arch being an archer especially because once you shoot a gun in the woods it just i don't know it just breaks the vibe you know what i'm saying not to sound hippie-ish so i'm really excited about that just because of the challenge i mean i don't get a lot of deer anyway so i don't see it making a huge difference and when i do get one i'll be able to jump up a little bit higher and scream hell yeah yee yee so raise hell and praise dale kind of thing you know but anyways back to the trip we were setting up camp. I went on a long tangent there. And uh, one, I will say this, a little shout out to my brother-in-law, which like I say, in this group, we have varying degrees of outdoorsmen. Everybody has something to bring to the table and that's fine. You got to start somewhere and learn it. I mean, I, me and my dad, especially my brother, we learned the hard way camping. I mean, it's just how it was. We started off with like Raymond noodles and spam and bull crap. Now, I mean, they're on my Instagram and Facebook. We, the first night I cooked a deer chili and, uh, God, I keep forgetting this point. Let me get back to my brother-in-law. Nobody do not use a glass bottle while going up the Creek because we were fishing that evening. And it was going up this good little pocket 
And I turn around and I hear stink. And I look and my brother-in-law does smash the bottle on his hand. So even a can, you got to be careful. So just a shout out, keep it wrapped or something or sit down and finish the beverage. But safety first because he got a pretty good cut. And we had to go back to camp because he was a bleeding fierce. Which it wasn't bad. It was on the tip of his thumb, but it was about a good half inch gash. Just for the safety shout out, be ready. So, so by this time we get back and we get him wrapped up, well, I start cooking a deer chili, talking about eating good when we go camping now, eating like kings. And that first night I cook a deer chili, whitetail, of course, and it was delicious, cooking it in a cast iron over the fire. And then my dad cooked a breakfast casserole, which was on point that next morning before we went out to fish. And my brother did this roast that was probably the best roast that I've had in my entire life. And I just, to me, I love the taste of a wood fire. And I'm going to start posting more stuff like that to my YouTube. I got more ideas and trying to get everything laid out because I want to get it. I don't want to make it seem clunky. However, this podcast might seem at times, but I'm trying to really hone my craft at this and get it streamlined and just get better at it. That's all I can do. But anyways, back to the trip. Second morning, we wake up, and it looks blue sky, but we look, all of a sudden, we look at our thing, and it says, like, 70% chance of rain. Well, for those of you that live in the mountains and that know, that translates, and it's going to snow like hell, because it stayed about 28 to 32 degrees the entire time. Now, when I say it flurried, you could barely see. It, it was scheduled to flurry about four inches that night now the temperatures for some reason seemed to rise as the night went on so it would flurry for about 30 minutes and then it would like sleet freezing rain drop so it melt the rain the flurry that just dropped so it didn't get as high as i thought it would but it was a good four inches i'd say a good three to two inches coverage now, I mean, it looked like Narnia. When we unzipped the tent that second morning, it was freaking beautiful. I just walked around, and my dog, he just shot out the tent like a rocket. Old Trip, he loved it. He was rolling in it, throwing his toy. It was a good time. And we and there were so many good spots out there. I mean, we rode around a lot just looking because everywhere we saw, we were just like, God, we want to fish that, but, you know, we want to go see what else there is. There might be a better spot and it didn't disappoint and it really it was a real reminiscent area of north carolina and what's so good is the creeks are so wide that you can actually go up there and fly rod fish now for those of you that already know that place is a fly fishing mecca now as the universe would have it which i should have done on a podcast with this guy i don't know i did not think about this until i was on the interstate home and i was kicking myself in the ass till this day I didn't even get his number but he said he's he was a campsite over from us and he was setting our stuff up while we were just cooking you know hanging out <clears throat> it was the second day his name was rusty and we walked over just talking to him say hey how you doing because we we're just taking pictures in the snow and stuff and he wanted to get the little short spark notes version he had been coming up there for 50 years and him and his son's friend come up there every winter and do a cold weather trout fishing trip like we did because we started doing because i say new family tradition it's never too late to start one with friends or family just to get a good group of guys and go out there and tame that wilderness it's just so fun and it feels at home 
And that's, uh, I go off on another tangent with that, but getting back to Mr. Rusty. And they come up there about twice a year, and he's been doing it for 50 years. He did it with his dad and so forth, you know. And that evening, we were talking to him. We're like, man, we're brand new up here. And, you know, was like, where's a good spot to start fishing at? Well, in the fisherman and slash outdoorsman hunter's code, you he just kind of pointed down river and said, well, there's good fishing that way, and there's good fishing this way. Yeah, that's it. There's some good spots. And uh, I said, oh, okay, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And we all just started laughing like that. Well, to our chagrin, he, uh, he started, he put up his tent and we were over cooking and eating. Well, he walked over and he had a little cup with him. It had some ice in it. I'll let y'all wonder what was in it. He got looser and looser as the night went on. And he started saying, well, if you go about three bends down from here and then go here or go, if you go so many miles down this, the road to get into the place, cause that's another thing about Cooper Creek campsite. It is remote. When I say there's no cell phone service, which was great. I loved it. I think everybody should do that once a month for a week. I think the mandatory, everybody should have no cell phone service for a week just to go unplug, no matter what you got going on just get out there but anyways the campsite was very well maintained <clears throat> they had trash hangers a picnic a fire pit and a grill great that you could swing over and cook over your fire pit and as well as it did had restrooms but they were not the flushing sorts they were a glorified rock house porta potty which were better than squatting you know, you know squatting on a tree but it is what it is that you're camping. You're not, you know, it's taming the wilderness. You got to do what you got to do. And everybody's been out there in the woods. They know what it's like. Just, just being able to sit. That's an awesome, awesome, awesome perk to have while you're out there. Now this mini so's drug on, but a lot's happened. And, and I was trying to do a podcast with my brother, but with circumstances and the weather, it just didn't work out. Now, I'm going to be going up there in about another three or four weeks, probably about the beginning of March. Me and my wife, we're just going to go up there and hang out just to take a trip and get the girls up in the mountains. And we're going to, I'm going to link up with him and we're going to do a podcast then. Now, in the meantime, I got two guys that I'm trying to work with their schedules. We're going to see which one works out first. It's going to be leaning more towards the turkey season coming up because I'm super, super duper excited not only to get back into archery hunting, especially with a traditional bow. But just hunting the thunder chicken. I mean, I get just, that's the only bird I get excited for is a, it's a, as if it's a whitetail. Just because you're, the, the amount of interaction you have with that animal to harvest it. Oh man. Let alone, it's probably some of the best poultry you can have coming out of this wilderness. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, oh, a little tidbit, a little funny joke. Well, that's that second night after we were done cooking you know the roast took a long time because we were slow cooking in the dutch oven i got big old bayou classic we were all everybody had a liquid bread or two and a couple other you know juices getting mixed with a little bit fermented or more fermented juices i should say well and all i should say in the guy's defense i told him i said if it snows on our last night I'll go jump in the creek no matter what. Well, I was just about on the home stretch of nobody remembering that I said that. And then all of a sudden I heard, hey, Connor, when are you going to jump in the creek? 
and immediately my gut just dropped. So I said, son of a bee. And uh, I went and I said, all right, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to be prepared. I'm not going to go jump in and just not have anything ready. So I went and got me a dry towel, dry underwear, and let, took off all my clothes. And I was down to the underwear I had on and my Energizer headlamp, barefoot. So I strike out for about the 50-yard run to the creek through the snow, which is about two or three inches. And I stop down and hop in there and drop to about waist deep. And y'all, it literally took my breath and I couldn't get it back for 45 minutes. I literally had to sit on a cooler when I got back out of that water and put on my clothes and do the Wim Hof breathing and out for 45 minutes to get my heart and lungs back in rhythm from that water feeling so cold. I mean, it was so cold. You about It's weird to say like you don't feel it. Now, my feet, I felt like I was walking on cold glass. It hurt. <laughs> I mean, they were red as hell, but it's memories like that are made a little funny oh, god the best part so the person who checked me was my father and so i was like god i gotta do it in front of all my cousins well he was coming and there was my brother right behind him and my brother-in-law well my dad there was about a three foot to four foot embankment before it dropped to this huge sandy pool but there were some big boulders you had to watch out so we didn't want to jump in there and get hurt well my <laughs> Dad went to go stop and shine, but he had too much inertia coming down the hill. Because those of you that know, my dad is a bigger guy, just like me. And he went from his heels straight to the lower back. And he's there, he's in his underwear and headlamp as well. And he's sitting there rolling in the snow and the mud, trying to get up, sliding with his hands. And he can't, and he keeps falling. So he just rolls off in the water. And here, my brother-in-law, Brian, hop in. We're sitting there splashing each other. And this goes off for like what seems like 10 minutes, but it's probably like two. We run back to the fire and we're like steaming like crazy. Like we just walked out of a sauna. And I go stand by the fire, warm up real quick. And then I run over and dry off and put on my clothes. But that memory will go with me to the grave. And that's the thing. Like just starting a tradition like that, you don't know what kind of memories will be made. And, and I'll say we're a week and a half later and dad's still complaining about his back. So it's just funny, especially for him calling me out on it. It's just the way karma and universe will work. So I want to give a huge thanks to everybody who listened to this podcast. I know I've been a little, I've been super busy here lately and just haven't had the time, which is no excuse, but I'm going to get back on the roll, especially with turkey season coming around. I do have a hunting trip planned as a late season trip with my cousin up at the Cooper Creek. There is a WMA up there, so we are going to be going up there end of March. So really looking forward to it. So thanks again to everybody and to all my sponsors for y'all's support. It really means a lot. Thanks again.